So you're listening to Richard Burns on here on Radio Bath here till 12 o'clock today. Um, so I've got the lovely Ian Spence with me in here today. Good morning, Ian. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm very well yourself. Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. Is it very strange being that side of the desk? It is. It's a completely different view from this side of the desk. <laughs> and to be honest, I don't know if I like it. I prefer being your side, to be honest. You're not in control. I'm not in control. I've lost control. You have. You've got no control at all. So I've got Ian in today because I find it really interesting about radio DJs, about actually finding out a little bit about them and uh, how they got into it. So, uh, so Ian, first question for you. So how long have you been a DJ and, and kind of when did you get started? I started when I was seven years old. Wow. Um, a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just a couple of years ago. Um, so when I was seven years old, um, do you remember Timmy Mallet? I do. The children's entertainer. Well, before he was a children's entertainer on the TV, he was a, a radio um, uh, presenter. Okay. Um, and the local radio station, which is where we lived at the time um, in Oxford, uh, the local BBC local radio station there was, was where Timmy Mallet had his, his, his initial break. Um, okay. And he did a children's programme between four and five every, every uh, week day evening called Timmy on the tranny um, and uh, <laughs> sounds slightly weird I know you could, but, uh, probably you couldn't call it that now could you um, but to cut a long story short um, the uh, I, I went to record some jingles for him um, okay. so as a, I, I've got these I, I should, should have bought them in shouldn't I I've got on tape yeah. uh, I definitely know I've got, we haven't got a tape machine here to play it on actually but uh, I've got on tape um, me as a cute six or seven year old singing these uh, jingles for Timmy Mallet um, and uh, so I got so I got involved in radio as, as young as that can you remember them now <laughs> i'm not going to sing them, <laughs> You're not gonna sing them. <laughs> <laughs> i can't remember it was to the tune of um do you know, do you know the song um did we have a lovely day the day we went to banger uh, do you know that song? I'll be honest with you, no. 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 <laughs> okay. No. Yeah, it was a classic at the time, but yeah, not a classic long term. Um, uh, and it was to that tune. Um, okay. And um, that, I'm trying to remember what the words were. Don't we have a lovely day from Monday until Friday? From four till five, the tranny's alive and Timmy's voice comes blasting out. There's good jokes and natter and borons to batter. Just tune to Radio Oxford, AM or FM. It's all bound to happen. So zap right on. Um, That's <laughs> amazing. That just sounds amazing. It's still there in my head. So I'm from those when early was the days. last time you said those words uh, do you know it's, it's a, the brain's funny like that isn't it how isn't the brain it? can just recall things just like that and yeah, and yeah it's amazing yeah. isn't it how so you from can... seven which is as I say a couple of years ago for you now yeah and you I just... have recited them a couple of times since but not, you're yeah. not on a regular basis and you just remember them can't you which is amazing so seven years old you were Timmy Mallet, and that got you into radio what happened then so that got me interested in radio and um, and yeah so I used to do quite a few bits then for Timmy Mallet on, on, on Radio Oxford okay. um, and uh, I remember that was as a, a I think I was probably about 10 um, or even maybe a bit younger, maybe 9, 10. And I would get the bus um, from where we used to live, which is a place called Grove, which is uh, where the Williams factory is now. So yep. that's, that's what it's famous for now. Um, and um, I used to get the bus from there into Oxford, um, which was yeah, a fair, fair journey, actually, yeah. um, as an eight or nine year old on my own. Uh, and then walk up to where the radio station was, um, which, again, was a fair journey from the fair walk from the city centre. Um, and I was thinking, blimey, I'd never let my child do <laughs> that how times have changed it's frightening isn't it <laughs> i know yeah um but yeah, it was great i enjoyed it i loved it um and um and then when i was at school uh i started up a school radio station as well because i right. thought uh, we could do this um so we had a school radio station which was running as, as people were eating their sandwiches in the school hall um they had to listen to me and the music i was playing that was <laughs> thrusted upon them they had no option really it was just through the speakers at the front of the hall um so um we had uh, uh so that was that was sort of that was great and then and, um, as many people did at the time, um, I was involved in hospital radio and did a programme on hospital radio. I used to do it myself. You did? Mm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, that taught me taught me lots. Made no, loads of mistakes. When I look back on it now, some of the things that went, yeah, <laughs> things that went wrong on there. It's, <laughs> it's a good job I haven't got recordings of that now, to be honest with you. Um, and um, then the local radio station um, where I was living was just setting up uh, uh, when I was 16. Um, and uh, or actually, was it just 15 when I was just in my um, uh, A-levels and um, I went along there and I got, I got involved with the Saturday programme and just sort of helped out voluntary on the Saturday programme there um, and then at the end of that when I finished doing my A-levels they said to me well first of all I applied for some media courses and I thought oh yeah obviously I'll do some media um, uh, degree courses got rejected from every single one of them okay. uh, every single one of them turned me down um, and then this particular BBC local radio station said to me um, um, would you like to the programme you've been working on on Saturday is going to be moving over to weekdays would you like to come over with it and wow I, yeah okay. I definitely would that's great so I was yeah, sort of back room so I was, I was um, uh, queuing up the records it was records in those days queuing up the records um, 
um, and queuing up the tapes as well. It was all tapes and, and, and tapes and grams, we used to call it. Um, and um, so that was my that was my role doing that. And I got paid the princely sum. Was a, it was more of an allowance, really, rather than a, 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 a salary. But I got paid forty pounds a week for doing okay. a full time job. Um, and e- even I mean that, that was that was low by the, the, the standards <laughs> of a day. There, it was an allowance. It was a bit like you know, the, 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 if you remember the old YTS, YTS training schemes. schemes. Yeah, it was a bit like that, really. But it was their, their sort of their own version of it. Really, um, it w- wouldn't be allowed to happen now. You couldn't no. do it now. Um, um, and yeah, quite rightly, probably so as well. However. Um, as a 16 year old it was brilliant you yeah. know I, I didn't care that it was it was 40 pounds a week that was a that was a you know, I, I, that was great great sum of money and when when you when you're living at home at, at 16 and and suddenly you've got 40 pounds a week in your pocket um uh and more ex, more, ex, more specifically i was enjoying the experience that i was getting doing this program um and being part of this program um and uh and yeah and then and then from there continued um doing different radio programs um including doing uh one of my favorite programs was doing the early show um right. on one of the local radio stations Why's that, um well it's five till six in the morning it's five till six in the morning so apart from having to get up really early in the morning yeah. which was yeah not always that great but um it's a really loyal listenership at that time in the morning people people who listen they're listening for a reason they're up for a reason yeah and and they're normally up at the same time every day so you get to have a real good relationship and that's what i love about radio um um, radio is about having a really good um, yeah, relationship and conversation with, with, the, with the community and the people listening. One of the things I love about radio is that you're kind of, you're having that one-to-one. It's, it's very strange. You're sat yeah. in a studio and quite often there's nobody else there. Yeah. So you're kind of speaking into a microphone. But the way in which I was always taught about it is that you are speaking to one person. Indeed. And, and, and I was recognised if, if Molly from Kidderminster didn't um, phone me on, on, a, on, a, on a morning, I was like, something's wrong. What's happened to Molly? And I, <laughs> <laughs> she's not phoned. <laughs> and it was a bit like that so that, that that's great and there's only i think two slots that re- you really get that on radio and that's early in the morning and late at night okay um and you really get that sort of loyal listenership that re- will will you know really take part in in what you're doing and what have you um and of course things have changed since then we've moved into more sort of digital technology um no longer do you have to wind the wind the turntable back and and queue up the tapes um, i do remember i i had on my hospital radio show a, a section called the 78 special <laughs> right, okay, okay so for those that can't remember you used to have the three speeds on a record player of 33 45 so 33s was albums 45 was singles and 78s yeah. were the really old records yeah um and really i used to ones. play a single of a 45 single at 78 speed to see what it sounded like um i don't really know why i did that but uh, they all sound like chipmunks which is no surprise so was it like a competition was it it was just a feature on my show it was just kind of here's the 78 special of this week it was high high brow and just making a note of that that might appear on the uh drive time program here on radio bath as a new feature (laughs) (laughs) i'm not sure you could do that with our system speed it up that much but uh, although i have got a new turntable at home because of course vinyl's all back in again isn't it it? um so i got a new turntable last year and you can do 78 on that so yeah you're you're, going to bring it into the station and we're going to talk more after the break about kind of where ian's at at the moment and who he works for and also a little bit about radio bath generally want to sing along to that there's abba thank you for the music it's richard boveson here till midday today so i'm here with the lovely ian spence we're going to talk about radio bath and the bbc now so uh so yeah, how much are you at the bbc for instance to start with well it's varied across the years so um as i say i started off working at local radio station in worcester and um and was involved there and then i've, worked, I've been in various different locations with bbc across the years um and sometimes as staff and sometimes as freelance at the moment i'm freelance and actually i quite enjoy that really because i get a bit more flexible about when I work and, and how I work and where I work, um, which is quite uh, which is quite good. Um, so at the moment, um, I do some work in Gloucester, I do some work in Bristol, and I do some work in Oxford. And it really, and when you freelance, so the great thing about being freelance is you you get to choose what you what, what shifts you want to take and which are your favourite ones and which ones you, which ones you want to turn down. Um, so you get a bit of control. Actually, I'm very control free because you probably have by being the wrong side of a desk here. Say that yeah. at all. Um, and um, so I, I turn my hand to whatever needs doing. It's one of those things that you you have to turn your hand to whatever the job is needs that needs filling. So uh, some days I might be presenting 
presenting, sometimes they might be producing, sometimes they might be uh, researching, sometimes they might be reporting. One of my favourite jobs is, um, doesn't happen quite so much this time of year, but going, going out with a radio car and doing um, um, reports. I like doing the fun stuff. So the I like doing the broadcast. Yeah, so I like doing the fun stuff. I like doing the, um, uh, the, the wacky events that happen at the weekends rather than the serious stuff. <laughs> um, and I think my, my uh, highlight was um, doing uh, a link inside an ice cream van and um, uh, just last year actually doing a link inside the ice cream van and and, and pushing the button to make the the, the, the bells the chimes come on as well and that, that was that was quite exciting quite I remember a, a, a story a very cruel parent once said to their child is if you hear the ice cream van <laughs> tinkle uh, then that means that you've missed them you've, yeah there's no ice cream How left they've run out of ice that? cream <laughs> yeah. I think just, we might have used that once or twice as well yeah. oh yeah they've run out of ice cream if the bells sound yeah, yeah definitely that's just the yeah. cruelest thing ever but uh, <laughs> and here at Radio Bath you present the drive time show and a breakfast show as well so I do Monday and Tuesday drive time and then do Saturday morning uh, between 8 and 10 for the Saturday breakfast uh, and they're great programs to do I mean it's, it's great sort of um, have that slot where you're, you're, you're helping people on their drive home or if they're at home um, pottering around etc um, and if we well we bill it as the more music drive home um, so it is um, something that's uplifting and, and, and is your soundtrack to driving home that's, that's the whole idea of the programme but we do some other bits and pieces on there as well so we do a few competitions and a few quizzes and some um, bits and pieces to get people go, uh, involved uh, on a Monday and Tuesday evening um, and on a Saturday morning we do the wearing, wearing uh, Bath and Wiltshire quiz as well and uh, we also have the Council Dean Romero who comes in on a Saturday morning um, to talk about some of the events that are happening in our area and that normally turns into a bit of a laugh to be honest we normally go off on a few different tangents um, but that's great and one of the great things about Saturday mornings actually um, um, is that where our studios are on Lower Bristol Road in Bath um, we're right by the, the, the river, river. so the, the window um, looks over the, over the river and on a Saturday morning it's gorgeous actually on a Saturday morning uh, normally, n- normally the weather's quite good on a Saturday morning just anecdotally the Saturday mornings is the time to get the sunshine that's just what I've discovered <laughs> Um, but what I also uh, enjoy on a Saturday morning is looking out the window and um, the, I guess it's the university, are doing uh, boat practice oh, yeah. on, on the river. Um, and so you get this, the, uh, the different, different, different uh, teams coming along the, the river on a Saturday morning. They come right past our studio window here. And it's always great. Yes, well, wave, at them, wave at them as they go, as they go past. They probably look up and go, what's that mad person doing <laughs> me on a Saturday morning? He's focusing very hard on his radio show or watching the boats go by. Yeah, it's multitasking. Multitasking. Yeah, what you doing both? Well, I did message, I should say, I did say a few minutes ago about being a a sauna meister, and we're definitely (laughs) going to talk about that when we come back after this. There's Flowers by Miley Cyrus. It's Rich Bovesen here until 12 o'clock today. Now, when I said to Ian that I was going to interview him on the radio, and it's very rare for a DJ themselves to be interviewed, the thing he got most excited about was being a European sauna meister. And I had to say to him, I have no idea what you are talking about. No. And he then got really excited about what a European sauna... Much more excited, I'll be honest with you, than being a radio DJ. So for those that are uninitiated, like I would suggest most people... Yep. What is a European saunameister? I do get very excited about this. Yeah, this, this is my hot topic. Literally, <laughs> oh. hot topic. Um, and <laughs> she, yes. Have you watched the film Frozen? Yeah, everybody's, everybody's seen the film yeah. Frozen, haven't you? Well, you watched yeah. it with your kids. Um, there's a character, I think, is he called Oaken? The, um, Olaf. Oh, yeah, no, not Olaf. Oh, okay. Um, the um, big summer blowout guy. Uh, is he, um, oh, okay. You know, I forget, I forget, I think it's Oaken. Um, and um, he's a saunameister. Right. Um, so watch it again and you'll and you'll and look out for him. I will. Um, so he, he comes in the film and he's a saunameister. Um, so basically, a saunameister is the person in control again. Uh, control, in control of the sauna. There's a theme coming out now, isn't there? There is. Um, yeah, it's a bit worrying, really, isn't it? Uh, he's in control of the sauna. Um, and um, and when we say sauna, sorry to interrupt you yeah. here, but this is a European sauna. So I'm imagining I'm at my local leisure centre. I go in and there's space for like 10 people all sat on these tiny little benches. Right. Is it the same as that? Take that image out of your head completely. Right. Okay. Take that image out of your head. Um, so this is a very different sauna. So Paint the, the picture for me. So, okay. So European saunas, uh, particularly in the central um, band of Euro- Europe, so the uh, Germany, Netherlands, um, uh, Poland, that sort of central European belt, or Austria, that, that band, uh, do sauna very differently to how we do it over here. So the saunas will hold up to 200 people. They are okay. huge. So forget what you think about a small cabin off the size of a swimming pool here. Yeah. I mean, that's rubbish. There's, no, there's nothing in the UK. <laughs> there's nothing in the UK that compares to... Uh, to how Europe do the rest of Europe do do sauna and of course it does vary from place to place so Scandinavia do it again very differently um, to Central Europe uh, 
Um, but these centres are huge and they, they have, um, uh, I mean, the, the biggest one I've been to in, in Munich is about the size of Cribs Causeway, the, the Mallet Cribs Causeway. Wow. Um, so it's huge. They're, they're huge centres. I mean, that, that's an extreme one. That is a big, that is a big one. Okay. So you've got um, these massive saunas. So you've got the massive saunas. And what do you do? And so the saunameister um, will um, as, uh, effectively do a show every hour within the sauna. Um, and that's a dance within the sauna. So, you know, you, you like your dance. So, yeah. um, so uh, this is, this would be perfect for you. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> so the idea is you've got these, you've got 200 people sitting around. Um, and uh, you, as a sauna meister, you come into the sauna and in its simplest form, you have um, balls of ice. Um, and on those I, on those balls of ice, you have uh, essential oils, um, and you smash very dramatically the the, the ice over the coals, um, and then you knock them with a um, like a, a spoon um, and um, a ladle, um, and uh, that that lets off the scent so you get the nice aroma that, that comes across the whole sauna um, and you also then of course raise the humidity as well because you're, you're lowering the temperature but you're raising the humidity because you, you put ice on to the coals yeah. um, and uh, so it gives the impression of being warmer even though actually you've gone down in temperature it gives the impression that it's getting hotter because okay. the humidity has gone up um, and the idea that the sauna meister does is then moves the air around the sauna and you do that by a diff- different dance techniques okay. um, so um, in its simplest form you would use a towel um, and so you're, you're basically trying to move the air down because hot air rises so you're, yeah. you're just trying to move the air down so you're, you're doing different dance techniques using the towels um, to um, to to bring this uh, waft of uh, warm air um, to the people who are in the sauna, um, okay. and and, it, and as a participant, it is the most amazing experience that um, you, you get this sort of like this, this blast of hot air that just comes down you, and it just is a, an amazing feel good experience. Okay, so um, I've got two questions for yeah. you, which I, I'm sure our listeners are probably thinking one and the same. Okay, okay go for it. First I, question, I know one of them is. Yeah, go I'm on. sure you yeah. do. But the first one is. You know, I've been in saunas and I can barely sit, sit there because I'm so hot. Yeah. You must be boiling while you're doing this. They, yeah, they do, they, they do get warm. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. And it is, and it's a good workout as well. Yeah. I'm like, if, if, if you, the, there's different levels of, uh, it's called Aufguss. The show is called Aufguss. The Germans call it Aufguss, right. um, which literally means pouring. Um, okay. it's the, so you, you, you're pouring this onto the coals. Um, uh, the Dutch call it lolly. Um, so it's, yeah, different, it's, differs slightly from place to place. But there's different levels of Aufguss. So, um, you can have, um, classic Aufguss, which is you know, where I'm at really. I mean, I did, I did a course in Brussels. Um, to, I was going to say, how did he get into it? Yeah, so I did a course I, I, in Brussels. I have to say, I'm a dance teacher myself, and I've never thought, I wonder if I'm going to go around <laughs> go to a dance in a sauna. around in a sauna. <laughs> no, that's right. Um, well, it's when, from when I was on holiday, I was in Holland, holiday in Austria, and um, uh, in Austria, what they tend to do is they tend to have um, uh, these centres as a, a family area um, where you've got your slides and your water slides and your, and your, your wave machines and your fun bits and pieces. And then they have the wellness bit, which is, tends to be more for adults, um, yep. which is, um, yeah, yeah, is, is your saunas and your steam rooms and things like that. So I went to one of those and I went to the sauna and steam room side of it and then I sat down in the sauna and suddenly this, this was started happening around me and I was like, whoa, okay, this, this is something I wasn't expecting. Um, and so after that, I was like, that was amazing. Um, where, where else does that? Mm-hmm. Um, and the Google, and unfortunately, nowhere in the UK does it. Nowhere in France does it. UK and France Yet. are rubbish at the moment. Well, we that's right. Know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, when it comes to the sort of Central European belt, that's so, I thought, okay, so nearest to here is, 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 um, is Belgium. Um, so I, I took a ferry over to Belgium and, and, and did a bit of a tour of some of the places in Belgium um, and I was like oh this is great and so I do them I call them my wellness trips now so okay. I, I, I go quite regularly in fact I've got another one booked in a couple of weeks time um, to go back to the Netherlands again um, which is probably my favourite country for, for, for Alfgus okay. um, uh, or Lolly as it is in the Netherlands um, and um, and the, so I, I use them as, as pointers now to go between. So I, I, I travel around Europe um, using these as markers, as places to go to. So I've, so I've got to discover loads of places across Europe and stopping off at these these wellness centres um, along the way. Um, and it, it varies considerably from place to place. So classic Alfgus is what I'm trained in. Um, so the, the idea of classic Alfgus is you're using the towel to move the air around um, and... 
and yeah it's quite really quite simple really you're doing a bit of a dance routine within that um then it gets a you get to what they call show alphagus and that's right. that's that's notching it up another level as well so you might have two or three people who will toss towels to each other and it's all very dramatic oh, okay. and it's all very uh, uh, and I'm, I'm doing the actions on the radio it doesn't yeah. come across on the radio very well does it but not I'm, so I'm, much, I'm, no. I'm tossing a towel to you there you go you're um, doing it very silently as well so it's perfect <laughs> <laughs> so um, then then it's the classic question of course is clothing wise a yeah. do the does everybody else have clothes on or minimal clothes and b are you wearing any clothes? Just before, just before we get to that, I'll just tell oh. you about Show Alphagus as oh, well. Yeah, so so Show Alphagus will also have a, a lighting show and oh, wow. a sound show as well. Um, and in the big ones as well, we'll also have a video wall as well where you have images of the sea or something like that projected onto there. So it's, it's like a real... And they, they also have themed nights as well for the Show Alphagus. Um, um, and so I've been to an ABBA-themed night um, oh, and yes. I've been to um, a musical theatre-themed night where the... Uh, this comes back to your question about clothing. Yeah. Um, so the the Alphagus Meister on those show evenings um, will dress up in costumes. So, they, right. so they, to the ABBA-themed evening, they'll dress up in, in ABBA-themed costumes. So you can imagine you're in a sauna, which is like 80, 90, um, something yeah. up to 110 degrees uh, for the really hot ones. Um, and uh, you're dressed in <laughs> full ABBA 1970s costume, doing a dance around the sauna. It is hot work, and, and it's, it's uh, yeah some workout I'm not at that level I have no. to say I'm not at that level um, so in classic Alphagus the sauna meister will generally wear a kilt um, okay. now when <laughs> when I say a kilt <laughs> don't think about Scottish kilts because we're not talking Scottish we're talking a sauna kilt um, here um, and that's normally what, what the, the Alphagus meister will wear okay. um, uh, for a female it would normally be um, a bikini top yeah. or something like that um, um, and um, and participant wise it varies from country to country um, so each country has their own way of doing things uh, for many countries in Central European in Central Europe as you've already alluded to um, it's um, considered to be unhygienic to um, sauna with clothes on indeed um, and, th- and they will particularly the Germans the Germans are very strict on this um, and uh, there's no negotiation when it comes to Germany it, it is uh, they call it textile free um, textile so, free yeah, Beautiful yeah. so phrase. It is textile free in Germany. Um, and in most countries across Central European belt, that would be the case as well. But some countries like Netherlands do offer uh, clove days as well. So you, yeah, if you give it a go and you're not quite up to, uh, uh, not, quite, not quite up for the, <laughs> the, uh, the full German experience, um, then uh, the, the, there, is, there are options there. But I would say, um, well, first of all, um, it's a very different attitude there than it is here um you know over over here that would just be be, be considered weird mm. and and would be sexualized in a way that probably wouldn't be appropriate no um the the attitude to the body and um yeah and and the, and the way the body is viewed is very different um and people don't look at it in the same way people don't sexualize it in in the same way no. um so there is there's a different mindset um to it over there uh, they, they like i say they consider it to be unhygienic that we would wear swimwear yeah. um and they say well you, all, all your sweat gets a nice conversation isn't it all your sweat gets <laughs> you're enjoying your lunch uh, all, your, all your sweat gets um gets locked into the into the swimwear yeah. and as far as they're concerned that's disgusting um and also you wouldn't um be able to have um like we we might sort of sit on the wooden bench or you have our feet on the wooden bench again that's that's a big no-no yeah. and, you, and, you, and certainly in germany you'll be told very strictly that that's that's not what you should be yeah, doing yeah. and you have to have a towel covering every part of your of the of the bench that you're right. you're you're sitting on um but one thing this has shown me is that you just never know the hidden talents that people have <laughs> well, so, you know when i first met you i never would have thought that you are a european sauna meister well when we come back after the break we're going to talk about youth working and also being a church minister as well so okay. we'll be doing that after this There's Let's Wait a While by Janet Jackson and Richard Boverson here until midday today. So we're back with Ian Spence. We're going to talk about all about your youth working and being a church minister as well. So slightly different to being a sauna meister. <laughs> slightly different to being a sauna meister. Slightly <laughs> different presenting the... a programme here at Radio Bath. Indeed. So tell me about being a youth worker, first of all. Um, so 
yeah, so I, I, well, I was involved with um, leading a youth group when I was um, a, not much more than a, a teen myself, really, and helped out with um, a, a youth group there. Um, and, um, and yeah, enjoyed doing that. And it's been a sort of thread as I've gone through life as well. So I've tried to sort of tie all these things together. One thing I don't like doing is just doing one thing. You've probably gathered that by now. I have. Um, just doing one job would be, uh, I, I think I just find it too boring, to be honest. I, 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 need, I need different types of things to... Uh, uh, to do um, and so I, I went I did a training course in um, in Bristol um, I said training course I did a degree course in Bristol okay. um, for uh, youth and community work um, and really enjoyed that and got to work in some of the um, youth centres in Bristol um, which uh, going back a f- uh, this is oh, how long ago now I don't know if I want to say really going back 20 years ago probably now um, uh, the youth centres in Bristol were, were very different places to what they are now um, and some of the areas in Bristol even were, were very different you know in Bristol's changed Bristol's changed a lot in, in the, you know, all our places have changed a lot I think a lot of our areas have become a lot, lot more gentrified now than they were even 20, 30 years ago okay. um, so um, uh, when we first uh, moved to the west um, we lived in Easton in Bristol um, and Easton in Bristol was one of those places that nobody really wanted to, to live in um, there's a lot of tension in the area um, and we loved it and hated it all for those different reasons now it's like become really vogue and everybody wants to to move into the city centre, you know, into the inner city now and uh, um, and we couldn't afford the first house that we bought in Bristol now it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> house prices have gone up so much in Bristol that, that, that you know, it's just be impossible to 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 buy that now um, and so we worked there myself and my wife worked there um, as um, youth and children's workers um, for um, a place called Eastern Eastern Family Centre um, which is still there and it's a great place and they still do some great work in, the, in the, that building um, and so we worked uh, as uh, youth and um, children's workers there um, and today um, yeah still very much involved here in Bath as well so okay. I work for um, Oasis Hub in Bath right. um, and as part of that um, I'm involved with um, in uh, um, running some youth work and youth projects with them um, and also work for an organisation called Frontier Youth Trust as well one day a week okay. um, and that's about supporting youth workers in the southwest. so it's um, people are doing pioneering youth work um, in the southwest. I basically go rock up have a cup of coffee with them talk about youth work and then come home again um, <laughs> so on one, like, on one hand, you're sounding like it's work, and on the other hand, you're just having a cup of coffee. Well, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, you sort of, you, you kind of gather. I just sort of, sort of try to fit all these things uh, to make life work, really, which uh, is good. And that's you sound like yeah. a very busy man. Well, nicely busy though, because I, 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 I've, I've started to sort of think about what what. I want to do movie. You get, you get to a certain age where you sort of think, well, actually, what, what do I really want to do? Yeah. Um, and and I want to do things that are life giving, things that I enjoy doing, um, and therefore all those elements are things that I enjoy doing. So there's the whole sort of um, Saunermeister um, side of things. Is is I, I go quite regularly over to different European countries. In fact, I'm going in a couple of weeks' time to Netherlands again, yeah. um, just as a participant um, in the, um, in Samalfkus. Um And uh, I enjoy doing the youth work that I'm doing. I enjoy doing the dance that I'm doing with yourself um, and uh, the radio work that I'm doing here at Radio Bath. All these things sort of fit together and um, just make for a, yeah, an enjoyable life, which is life-giving rather than having to do sort of go, go to work. I know many people have to do that. but They do. Um, but, um, and on the same kind of link as that, really, being a church minister, which I didn't know about you until I, I was stalking. You've been doing your research, haven't you? Yeah, I have yeah. been doing my research, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm an ordained Baptist minister, um, so um, I can actually use the Rev title if I want to, but right. I, I, I don't tend to. Um, <laughs> I can wear a dog collar if I want to, but I don't tend to. Um, 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 and and um, I've worked in, in different um, places um, over the years. Mostly I've been working part-time because that fits in, into the... Into this, um, You've got so many other things you're doing, that's why. Yeah, so that's why. And and, and enjoy that. Again, so like I say, I wouldn't want to do it full-time of any of these elements, really. Um, uh, and one of the things that's been really significant in my work over the last... 20, 30 years really um, as a Baptist minister has, be, has been uh, very much championing inclusion um, and that's very that's really been the bulk of what I've been doing so um, one of the, my roles was to um, help establish a church in Birmingham City Centre um, particularly for the LGBT plus community okay. um, which was a just a, it still is a very it's just a fantastic place really a very, yeah. a, everybody's welcome and affirmed and, um, and uh, is, is able to take part at every level um, and so here in Bath, um, 
it's was a no-brainer really that uh, the Oasis uh, Hub and Church in Bath was, was the right fit for me, um, particularly as one of the markers is about being uh, an inclusive church, particularly around the LGBT plus community. Which is amazing, isn't it? Because if you think about classic church and stuff, it's very much against anybody being gay, for instance, if you go to the Catholic side of things. Um, I don't know too much about baptism, about that religion myself personally. Um, so yeah, it's amazing that it's being focused on the LGBT um, community. Well, unfortunately, um, and I feel like I need to apologise at this point because, um, but even though it's, even though my my last twenty thirty years you know built on inclusion, but I still need to feel I need to apologise for the way the church has um, um, re- rejected people and, and turned people away um, because of their sexuality, mm. and that's wrong. Um, and um, and I want to say <laughs> actually, I sometimes I don't even like using the word church when it comes to, when people say what do you do. I sometimes shy away from using the word church because the church has, has, has sometimes not been a a, 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 a place um, which has offered that sort of welcome, unconditional welcome mm. to everyone. Um, uh, you mentioned the Catholic Church just a few moments ago, and and I would say with all these all the denominations, there are there is a, a range of responses, um, yeah. and um, and the Catholic Church. I mean, ironically. Um, uh, I, if I'm honest, I'm not really sure about Bath and Wiltshire, but in, in Bristol, for instance, um, they hold an LGBT mass in Bristol. Right. Um, and that's really progressive for, a, for the Catholic Church yeah. to hold an LGBT plus mass. Um, and, um, and and likewise, within each denomination, you will find a, a range of responses. So um, some churches have some denominations have gone further in inclusion than others so the Methodist Church and the URC um, are much further along the line of um, yeah, being a welcome and accepting space for everybody um, I don't think you ever need to worry about apologising for the church the church does for me personally I, I'm not a religious person um, the one thing I love about the church again kind of on the same theme really is the community side of it yeah. and what the church does amazingly well is supports its community yeah. all churches all denominations whatever you believe in uh, and and that is fantastic. And that's what I've really enjoyed about doing this work. So a lot of it is built around communities and, and around different community activity. Um, so uh, most of the churches I've been part of have been small churches, which you've had a small group of people who uh, really are punching above their weight when it comes to being involved in the community and the, the activities and the things they run in the community. Uh, here in Bath, uh, like I say, I work for Oasis Hub um, and Oasis Church, which is on the Paragon in Bath. Um, and um, yeah, I would say it's probably a medium-sized church, much bigger than what I've, what I've been part of before, um, but not a huge church, but medium-sized. Um, and uh, one of the other, so one of the other markers of the of Oasis as a church is to be very much involved in social action, and social justice. Um, so you've got the inclusion side of things, you've got the social action, social justice side of things. Also, the um, other thing is to be progressive about theology and, and thinking mm. as well. Um, another, again, another marker of, of, of Oasis, um, um, and that's really about saying do you know what when it comes to the bible and and other religious texts they weren't written last week in bath (laughs) (laughs) funny enough um um, and yet we take them we 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 take these these um documents as if they were um and a lot of the judgment and um a lot of the um misuse of these texts and they have been misused in so many places and so you know right right around the world in terms of slavery and 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 other um things as well in terms of the way we we look at um, women's roles etc um they have been misused um Mm. and but they've been misused because we've taken them out of context um we've uh we've taken them as a a very literal translation um of something that was written last week in bath and that wasn't that just blatantly isn't the case so we have to do a bit more homework behind it we have to do a bit more work as to why they were saying what they were doing what was the culture at the time how things were there and and does that transpose from there to now um and I would say no it doesn't and am I right in thinking and please uh, excuse my ignorance in this but my understanding was that even a lot of the the New Testament for instance was written hundreds of years after it happened yeah it's it's like passed down yeah it's like Chinese whispers almost so even that text there that we that people look at and say that's accurate it's already sixfold old well I think you're asking that when you say um, when people ask the question is it accurate I think they're asking the wrong question mm. um, it's a bit like saying is the telephone book accurate or is, or is maybe maybe that's a, not such a good example is um, uh, is William Shakespeare's um, uh, work is that accurate well actually you're asking the wrong question of the text because mm. that's not what it, that's not the question you can ask of it and I would say the same is true of the Bible when, and then when you start to do the work behind it you say well why was that written why was that why was that written down um, yeah. why did they say that um, and then you start to get a 
bit more richness to it. It's harder because you have to do the work on it. If you, you know, it's, it's very easy just to read it at a surface level and then um, be disagreeable to everybody um, as a result of what you read. Um, that's probably the easy way to do it. But actually, um, I would say a much more authentic way is to do the work behind it and say, well, why, why was this written down? Why did they say, well, what was, what was going on in the culture at the time? Yeah. Um, and when it comes to the LGBT inclusion, which we, uh, which is you know, something that's, that's been very much part of my, my work over the last 30 years, um, uh, when, when it comes to some of the, the texts that are used against LGBT community, um, um, in, as, as far as my research has discovered, that they were talking about something very different. And it's more about abuse and about power um, and uh, than it is about loving relationships that we have uh, in terms of same-sex marriage today, um, so we're not. So it's, it's, you've got to be very careful not to jump from one conclusion to another, um, and and take these sort of ancient texts as if they, um, you know, a blueprint for living today. Because you've got to do a bit more work behind it than that. And when you do do the work, a it gets exciting um, because you get to find out why the why people said what they did and do did what they did. Um, but you also then realise that actually. Um, the, the what we what we should be doing is welcoming and including everybody um, yeah. and accepting everybody and so that's why I've spent the last 20 30 years um, really working around inclusion that sounds amazing and it's nice to hear that the the church by the sounds of it is being progressive in certain, sectors, in certain sectors, <laughs> in certain sectors, not in, not in as many sectors as I would like it to be, if I'm completely honest with you. Um, but uh, yeah, in certain sectors, and like I say, to, to give a plug again to Oasis, um, yeah, Oasis um, Church and Hub Bath has as one of its markers to be progressive in terms of its theology and thinking. And where is Oasis based? So um, Oasis is a national charity. Okay. Um, so uh, in many many cities and many places, there are um, local Oasis academies, uh, which are high schools and primary schools. Um, so in Bristol, for instance, there's several Oasis academies um well, there isn't any in bath um um but there is an oasis church in bath um and that's come out of hayhill baptist church it used to be hayhill baptist church as, re- as rebranded as oasis um church and hub bath um and that's uh, based at the paragon in uh, bath but we also um, run a pantry as well oasis pantry um which is based at uh, one of them is based at southdown at the um round hill hub in southdown Fantastic. Well, maybe you'll see me there one day. Well, when we come back after this next part, we're going to talk about dancing, which is a passion for both of us as well, not just in a sauna or two. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll be coming back after this. There's John Cicada there and just another day. It's Richard Boveson here until midday today. So we're back with Ian and we're going to talk about a passion that's for both of us now, which is dancing. So for those that aren't aware, I'm a dance teacher as my normal job. I also work here at Radio Bath, of course. And Ian has just come back to dancing. I have come back to dancing. Nice. How are you finding lockdown? it? Um, well, I, you know, I, love, I love the Ciroc classes. Um, so I started um, your classes um, just before the first lockdown. Okay. Um, so um, actually what happened was uh, just before the first lockdown, um, we just moved to Bath um, at that point. And I don't know if I should admit this on Radio Bath or not, but um, when we first moved to Bath, I hated Bath. <gasps> I, I didn't, didn't like it. Dun, so, sorry, dun, dun. I, I love it now, of course, but of course. I hated it when we first moved Why? here. Um, well, I may, 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 mainly because we, we brought our children with us um, and I felt incredibly guilty about moving them to Bath. Oh. Um, and I, I'll be honest with you, I went through a bit of a low patch um, okay. at that stage. Um, and uh, I did actually find, find your, your dance classes and, and I went along um, and I did found that really helped in that period of sort of lifting spirit and having something positive to focus on at that yeah. point um, um, so that was, so it was it was really quite significant um, at that time um, and then myself and my son went travelling just before the first lockdown um, so we, so I, I, done, I think I'd done about um, uh, two or three months uh, okay. of the of the dance classes um, and then myself and my son went travelling um, so um, we, we, we did an around the world trip um, wow. and, which was fantastic um, and so um, we went to um, uh, um, to uh, Thailand first of all just trying to think Thailand first of all uh, and travel through Thailand and then we went from there um, uh, across to New Zealand and Australia and then and back again the, um, via uh, uh, America Amazing. but when we were in uh, Australia I don't think I've ever told you this when no, we were in Australia and no. New Zealand uh, I did actually seek out some Ciroc classes in, in Australia and New Zealand and how was it? Um, and I went along um, smaller than, than, than our classes here um, and slightly different in terms of their techniques and the, and the, and the way they, <laughs> where they do it but it was great fun and it, was, it, it did feel 
feel like a bit of a family, really. I sort of said, oh, I do some rock in the UK. Um, and they're like, oh, that's great, mate. Um, and <laughs> is, is that your best Australian accent, <laughs> it is was. it? <laughs> it was. That's as much as you're going to get as well. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I, I took part in some of the rock classes there as well. Um, and I really enjoyed it. So I did, I did one rock class in Melbourne um, and one in Auckland. Was it Auckland? Somewhere around there, okay. um, and um, uh, yeah, so so, so I, I'd obviously got the bug because even when I was travelling, I went and, yeah. and sought out the rock class now, there. In, in a very small world, and sometimes this is a very small world. Okay, so yeah. my first open dance partner, which is where you compete uh, nationally, um, it was a lady called Sarah Patton. Okay, okay, who was also a vicar now, and I used to train with her at the theological college in Oxford. Right, and uh, she ha- is now a rock teacher as well, and she used to teach rock in New Zealand. Okay, I wonder if it was. Her. So I'm just wondering if it was. Was it in Sarah. Melbourne? Did she go to Melbourne? Not in Melbourne. This is in New Zealand. I was in New Zealand. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I don't know if it was. I wonder if it was. Been her teaching you at that point. Just oh, that might been. really strange connection moment. Ah. But, uh, oh, how bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. But I really enjoyed that. And we got back from travelling um, the week before lock- the first lockdown. Good um, I know. Um, and none of our travel plans were disrupted. But we got back that week before and um, really been oblivious to the fact that anything was happening mm. well i mean we knew we knew that that coronavirus had been a thing in um, china and in in and some of the, you know, those, those sort of countries um but really hadn't realized that the conversation had sort of spread um and the the virus had spread to other places across the world so completely oblivious to it. in fact the week before we got back i was rubbing noses with the chief of the um um mary um uh, tribe, it's a, a touristy type thing, and I was yeah. I was I was appointed as the the um, chief of the the tourist the, the tourist group, um, and as part of that, I came onto the stage and, and rubbed noses with the Maori chief. This was a week before, you know, two weeks before lockdown. Um, <laughs> you I mean, you can't you can't imagine. You know, only a few weeks later, you're like, whoa, what's happened there? Like two weeks ago, Let's I was rubbing noses, away. and now we're <laughs> like keeping our distance. Um, and of course, along with that, everything stopped, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, including the including the dance classes. Um, yeah. Incredibly difficult time for everybody. Body, really yeah it was um, really difficult literally on the 14th of march i've said the story a few times 14th of march we had a freestyle with 100 people at it on the 16th of march shut down for a year and a bit uh, yeah um, and it was you know for me that it was important you saying a minute ago about how you were feeling low and dancing helped your mental state which uh, it really does help an enormous amount of things i know when i've got something to look forward to and that helps my mental state all week and having a dance class you can go to really helps people if you don't have that yeah Every day can feel like it's just drifting on and on and on. Whatever that thing is that you look forward to. Yeah. Um, and it's lovely to have dancing back in your life again now. You need those positive points in the week, don't you? And that's, uh, yeah, yeah. that's something that I sort of recognised over the last few, week, few years, really. Um, and um, so I had a long break, and, and uh, along with everybody else having a long break, of course. Yeah. Um, and I'd only done two or three months beforehand, so I hadn't, hadn't really um, <laughs> got that, in, that, uh, that, that into it. Um, and... Um, um, uh, and then this long break and then I took a bit longer than perhaps most people so your classes had started again but I didn't come back for a bit longer than that if it um, makes you feel any better we had a lady come back last night who I know personally as well and it was her first time back in over five years we were all a bit nervous um, weren't we really yeah about coming back to doing the, you know, to, 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 the idea of doing partner dancing was well, it's, it's partner dancing holding somebody else's hand being within close contact with somebody you're not on top of each other as such but you're you know, still within a metre of somebody else yeah uh, and it's yeah it's a nerving thing and for a long time we were you know, called, he'd been major distance weren't we so the idea of doing partner dancing it took a long while to come back again um, um, but when I did so I've been doing it probably about six months or so again mm. since then um, and um, but I really felt I was back at basics again if I'm honest with you I was, I was, <laughs> I was back to beginners classes and and, uh, uh, and then gradually bits came back again I was like oh okay yeah I remember that oh yeah that was how you do that move yeah I remember that and uh, um, and uh, yeah, I'm still all that great. <laughs> you must look up and say, oh my goodness, did I teach them? <laughs> I like to use the phrasing, um, still developing their skills. Yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> I think that will be the case for many years. I suppose we all are, really. Everybody is at every stage just uh, still developing skills. You know, even as a, I've been a dance teacher for 25 years now, and even so, every single day I'm looking, I'm like, right, I need to do this, and I try something different. And I think the minute you become, like, you feel like you know everything, then that's it, it's time I've to I've got something stop. for you if you want something different. Oh, How about on, introducing an Alphagus uh, dance into uh, your dance routine? You know, you could... You could as in a sort of a dance. sort of towel-waving. And- towel-waving. <laughs> well, I, I have done and scaringly these are available on YouTube I've done a balloon dance before oh, have you? I don't know if you know what a balloon dance is I do know is. what a balloon dance is it's not um, like a balloon dance I have to say no so for those that don't know what a balloon dance is and I did this scaringly five times in five different venues uh, you are 
along with a group of men and there's normally five or six of you and you're on stage and you are naked i was going to say you asked me the question about yeah. um, alfgus um, yeah. and whether that was clothed or non-clothed well, when i say naked dance. what we did is we had a uh, the top part of tights um, okay. which is double layered and then we cut the bit of tights up into a triangle shape and then we would use <laughs> um, chest tape which is double sided to then stick it into the, the lower regions of your body can I just check um, if we're past the watershed at the moment yeah, <laughs> early. I'm trying to keep this as clean as I can uh, so it would hold everything in uh-huh. um, but it would still look like you didn't have any clothes on uh-huh. uh, I do remember one occasion when uh, a chap was up on the stage and I'll explain the balloon dance more in a second uh, and his, uh, his tape had come off slightly and and things were <laughs> hanging out which was oh dear and nice the look. whole purpose of the balloon dance that so you've got one balloon if you can imagine this you've got one balloon that you hold down below and one balloon that you hold up in your chest and then you slide the top one down to replace the bottom one and then replace the one at the top with the one that was at the bottom so nothing is ever shown there's one point you turn around and you show your bottom to everybody but we move on from that moment <laughs> my mother-in-law still hasn't ever recovered from her watching me um but yeah, and then we start popping balloons and then it becomes a bit frantic and a bit panicky, um, uh-huh. which is kind of all choreographed. Kind of the idea but, of it, yeah. yeah but yeah. It's, it's good fun to do. But yeah, he was getting it the wrong way round. So not only had the tape come away from his uh, his area, uh, but he was also moving the bottom one to the top one. Ah, oh, before uh, he moved so, the other one. Yeah, so mm. it, we were kind of getting a flash every few seconds or so, which right. I'll be honest with you, it wasn't the best few I've ever seen. I don't think that would be good to introduce your classes. I think that's probably, no. Uh, no. No, I'm, I'm going to avoid... I don't know if it would increase your attendance or, or, or decrease it, I'm not sure. Depends how cold or warm the night is, I think. But, uh, but yeah, so going on to dancing, what do you find that you love about it? Um, well, I think it is that sort of... I suppose it's very social, first of all. We often, often refer to it as social dancing, which so there's the social aspect to it, the fact that you, you meet people and you chat to people yeah. and, you, and, you, and you get to know people um, and develop some friendships. There's that, there's that side to it, um, which is really important. But actually, the, the, just the idea of the movement and the... Um, I, we were talking earlier on that after the end of these um, dance evenings, I actually can't sleep because um, my head's still going round um, and I'm still spinning in my head, um, which is... Uh, which is interesting and, and that's what i love about it i love the fact that you've got that movement going and you've got that connection going um and um and yeah that's that's what i find exciting uh, exciting about it and um and 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 look forward to it yeah look forward to those particular sessions and you have just joined our team for those that don't normally plug Sorok on here at all but obviously we're going to slightly so we're every thursday up in odd down at st philip and st james hall mm-hmm. from seven thirty on thursday nights and you've just joined us as a dj as well yeah which is <laughs> well, that. Well, it all sort of ties together, really, isn't it? it? Does. Doing the um, doing the DJ work for for uh, radio, um, doing the dance, and then tying the two together, and 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 being part of the team uh, on that. So. Uh yeah, no, I've, been, I've enjoyed. I'm still learning. Like, um, yeah, like like when you come to work at Radio Bath, there's there's things to learn here and the equipment to learn here and how we do things here. Um, likewise, when it comes to uh, to, to uh, doing the DJing at Ciroc as well, then the, yeah, there's, I'm still on that learning curve. <laughs> we'll get there. Still in development, I think was the phrase. It's still in development. Had, yeah, yeah, which is all good. Well, when we come back after the break, we're going to be talking all about the quick fire round, which I love to finish every interview off with uh, questions that Ian doesn't have access to beforehand. Oh, this scares me. Um, and we're going to do some quick fire questions for him. We'll be coming back after this. That's the best of my love by the Eagles. It's Richard Boverson here on Radio Bath Voice. We're off to our last part with the lovely Ian, Radio Bath and BBC Radio DJ. Studio, oh, it's sauna meister, sauna meister, church minister, youth worker, and now the most important questions of all, which are our quick fire round. I, I do feel bad though, first of all, because uh, well, well, you've given me the whole two hours of this program to talk, um, and when you came into my radio program <laughs> a, few, a few weeks ago, um, I think I gave you one five minute link, didn't I? You did, yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I'm not bitter about that. Still, it's fine. <laughs> I, I've made up for it since by being on here every week. So uh, yeah, so that's oh, right. I'm yeah. all good. Yeah. Right, here we go. So quick fire rounds. Are you okay. ready? Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so favourite ice cream, uh, mint choc chip. Mint choc chip, second one we've had of that. Oh, are you tidy or messy? I'd like to be tidy, but sometimes <laughs> I'm a bit messy. But I, 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 in my head, I'm tidy. What does your wife say? Why? Well, I'm, I'm probably. I don't know if she's listening to this. I'm probably more tidy than she is. <gasps> yeah. 
Wow, that is a she'd brave agree. To be fair, she'd, To be fair, she'd probably agree. Would she? Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, love or hate roller coasters? Hate. Hate? Yeah. There's not many people that love them, actually. No, I hate them. Um, yeah, again, so there's a divide in our family. So my older son and my wife really love all these scary roller coasters. Um, and uh, myself and my younger son, um, we tend to go for the, the tame stuff. So we went to Disneyland Paris recently. Yeah. Um, they go on all the big rides, scary rides, and we're on the, uh, on the teacups. Oh. Yeah. I hate the teacups. I find them, <laughs> they around. make me feel sick. Oh, what, we really, what we really like is that they call them the dark rides, um, which is a funny name, really. They're where you go like the, around, on, around the different scenes. And you know the ones I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, you go past the different scenes. So we, we like those ones, whereas they're all off on the scary rides. So no to roller coasters. No to roller coasters. No. Fair enough. Um, so not social media or music apps or anything like that. Do you have a game on your phone that you while away the time to, that you kind of like chill out and it's like those five minutes of, I'll just play this quickly? Probably words with friends. Words with friends. Yeah. Do you I play words with friends? Game. No, I don't. It's basically Scrabble. Okay. Um, so um, uh, it's an app where you can play Scrabble either with people you know or uh, or you can play randomly with some other people as well. But I tend to just play with people I know. But um, it's one of those ones that, yeah, wastes the time away, but it's good. Fantastic. Words with Scrabble. There we go. Words with I'll friends. Ha- I will have a look. Words with friends. Sorry, not mm. words with Scrabble. That makes sense. It is. It's no like sense Scrabble. Whatsoever. It's like Scrabble. It's almost like Scrabble without the branding. It is basically. Yes. Yeah. They don't yeah. have to pay Scrabble anything. Yeah, um, pretty much. Do you make your bed in the morning? No. 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 Uh-huh. And yeah, it doesn't tend to get made during the day either. Uh, fair enough. No. Uh, and what's your favourite breakfast? Oh, I, I don't know. I like cereal. Um, I, I also like, I haven't made it for a while actually. I also like um, sometimes making homemade pizzas. Um, for, for breakfast, breakfast. for breakfast, um, which okay. are basically um, a uh, piece of bread which you toast on one side, yeah, um, and then put tomato puree all over it, um, okay. and then cheese on top of it, and you can put your own toppings on it, and then put that back under the grill again, and and that's yeah, um, uh, which is effectively what a pizza is. It is what a pizza is, but it's done, done on a slice of toast basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it sort of gives it the, the the breakfast influence. I was listening to a podcast about cricket, which is uh, called Tail Enders, and Jimmy Anderson's on there, one of the England fast cricket bowlers, and. And uh, he was talking, they often talk about the fact that he microwaves his cheese on toast. Mm-hmm. And I oh, don't no, quite that know how that works. That would be all soggy, wouldn't it? You'd think so, but apparently it works really well. Ah. Yeah, microwave your cheese on toast. I haven't toast. tried air frying it yet. Have you, have you got an air fryer? I don't, know. Oh, 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 you've got to get an air fryer. It's the it's game good. changer. Wow. It's a life changer having okay. an air fryer. Um, uh, so I reckon the pizza, because you can cook pizzas in the air fryer. Okay. So I reckon a homemade pizza would probably work quite well as well in there. Are you going to try your... I'm going to try it now. You're I'm going to see if it works in there. So fryer. tomorrow morning we'll find <laughs> out <laughs> yeah. how so you are. See if you can pizza, um, do a homemade uh, toast pizza in, a, in an air fryer. Do you have a go-to karaoke song? If you had to do karaoke, what would it be? We did karaoke quite recently oh. um, for a birthday party. And I, I, it's all the classic ones, isn't it? Like Dancing Queen or something like that. It would work quite well as karaoke. Yeah. And yeah. I've asked everyone. Nobody's done it yet. But will he give us a little burst now <laughs> of your favourite karaoke song? Well, it worked quite well for you. You can dance. Ah, <laughs> we've got somebody doing it at last. Fantastic. Thank you for Having that. You've made my day. of my life. <laughs> Didn't know how far I was going to go with that one. <laughs> uh, favourite TV programme? you're currently watching oh um favorite tv program um i don't know actually um where would i go with that i, I quite uh oh um I, t- I tend to like sort of trashy programs if i'm honest it's oh, really on. bad isn't it my, my wife like, loves love island so i know you can't get any trashier than well, that. we were at the moment watching married at first sight australia oh, yeah. which is you know which yeah, is, which is a bit worrying really isn't it um I don't know, things that I quite like the sort of, um, at the moment, Netflix, if, if, if my, son, my son and myself want something to watch, um, Netflix-wise, we'll, we'll, we'll probably turn to something like um, uh, Travel With My Father. Have you seen that? Of Travel With Father. That's the, um, uh, what's his name? Um, the comedian. Uh, Bradley Walsh. Uh, Jack, Jack, uh, Jack oh, Whitehall. Oh, Jack Whitehall and um, his dad. Yeah. And his dad. Um, so they, they do sort of the travelling around the world. That is it's comical in places. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, but what we like about it is that some of the places that they visit were some of the places that we visited oh, on, our, on our trip. Um, so, um, so it's quite meaningful meaningful from that perspective so that, that tends to be our go-to when we want just to chill out so either that or married at love married at first sight <laughs> I know, that's, so. that's embarrassing because i can't believe i've said that nah, you're all good it's that's yeah. what the whole point of this is to find out more about you rather than anything else so, uh, <laughs> even worse we watch it as a family as well so that's, <laughs> i can make no comments yeah. at all good so, education uh, indeed so. and your last question then ian from me is if you came back in your next life, I don't know how this works with you being a church minister, but I'll go for it anyway. <laughs> so if you came back in your next life as an animal, which one would you be and why? 
kind of like to be a cat because a cat just does its own thing, doesn't it? And just yeah. just just doesn't care and just wanders off and and yeah has that sort of free spirit i quite like the free spiritness of a cat there is we have a cat at home and uh, whenever he he wants to leave the house we don't have a cat flap because we don't want him bringing in his presents for us i.e dead birds and all of that which he he brought back one the other day and we saw him out in the garden and we didn't really want him to bring it back into the house but he just stands at the edge of the door and then just looks up at me going well, are you going to open this door or what? <laughs> I know. They're in control, aren't they? I, I don't think I'd want to come back as a dog because uh, you, you, you've got to be too, uh, no, you've got to be too submissive as a dog, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. Cats are definitely independent, that's yeah. for sure. So, um, well, Ian, thank you so much for uh, coming in today to the place that you come to anyway. But uh, it's been Indeed. fantastic finding out more about you. And uh, tell us when we're going to next be able to hear you on Radio Bath. What's your weekly shows again? So Saturday Breakfast is the next programme you'll hear me on. Um, that's between 8 and 10 on Saturday morning. And and then on a weekday, it's Monday and Tuesday drive time between five and seven. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming in today, Ian. It's been amazing. Thank you. Enjoyed it.